0: This is Mercy Harper, writer for research services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Holly Leichhogeland, APQC's principal research lead for process and performance management, and Marisa Brown, APQC's senior principal research lead for supply chain management, to talk about why sustainability matters. Welcome to the podcast, Marisa and Holly. Thank you. Thank you, Marcy. So first, I wanted to let our listeners know that we at APQC want to learn about your organization's experience with sustainability programs. Click the link in the description for this episode to take a quick 10-minute survey. And as a thank you for your participation, you'll receive a free copy of the data report. Now let's get into it. There's a huge amount of attention on sustainability right now, and it kind of feels like a whirlwind with so many ideas and calls for action swirling around. So I wanted to have you two on to kind of get down into the brass tacks of why sustainability really matters for business. So we'll put the trees and the koalas and the rainforests and all that good stuff to the side today and kind of just zero in on the bottom line reasons why sustainability really matters right now. So let's kick off with the regulatory question. I know this is a big and complex one. But can you, Marisa, give me a little bit of an overview of some of the regulatory issues that are driving organizations towards
1: sustainability right now? Absolutely, Marcy. And you know, why this is important in a short answer is that regulations abound. Whether you're in the European Union, the UK, the United States, other countries, regions, increasingly we're seeing that sustainability, has moved from being just a nice-to-do because it sounds good to becoming the law. And increasingly, what's happening is the penalties and the fines and the other legal actions that companies face if they don't comply are going up, up, and up. And so some of these regulations include things like the climate change levy that's based on the energy that businesses use. But other regulations have been around since the 1970s, the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, but we're seeing new regulation coming out, like the 2018 Streamlined Energy and Re- Carbon Reporting Framework from the UK, or the 2007 Renewable Fuel Standards and Biofuels Policy. So part of the issue is that there's so many more regulations that companies are having to deal with. And it's not just on the environmental side. And I think that's part of what's really forcing this to the surface. It's the entire ESG picture. So not just environmental, but also social and governance factors coming into play. In fact, it was earlier this year that the um, acting commissioner for the US Customs and Border Protection in the US talked about how importers are required to ensure that their entire supply chain is free from forced labor. And his comment was, it's the law. So companies really have to get serious about this because they can't afford, in many cases, literally cannot afford financially to not comply with these regulations.
2: I was going to add on to that a little bit. And you mentioned the fact that it's not just the environmental part, but also the social part. So diversity, inclusion, all of those are becoming also much stronger in the regulatory field as well. But one of the reasons I think from a regulatory perspective organizations need to take a big picture, look at it is in a lot of ways, and even going back to the 90s, there was this push that global organizations tend to need to have higher level environmental and sustainability programs because they're working in all of those different regions and they have so many different levels of, of regulation. And it's simpler for them in the long run to go with whichever is the strictest form of regulation and work towards that holistically.
0: Absolutely, so not the lowest common denominator, but kind of the highest common denominator <laughs> you know, to set your sights. So that means a lot of work ahead for folks. Uh, I wanna turn next to supply chains. I know Marisa, this is where your heart lies. And it's such an important factor right now. It's really touching all of our lives. Um, I was uh, at a soccer game this weekend And they had a bobblehead giveaway, a pretty typical thing for sports games. And they didn't have as many as they said they would. And, of course, that pissed everybody off uh, like it would have at any sports game in any year. But the difference this time was that everyone understood and was talking about it like a supply chain problem. So supply chains are definitely catching a ton of heat right now. And maybe supply chain folks don't want, like, another thing to think about but it seems like they're going to have to get moving on sustainability. So Marisa, can you
1: tell us a little bit
0: more about why that is?
1: Yeah. Um, and it's funny. If you asked like three years ago, if you asked the random person on the street about supply chains, they gave you sort of a blank look. And now it's on the news every night. And um, yeah, not always is that spotlight something that parts of an organization really want shining on them and the the real reason why I think it's hitting on supply chains right now um, aside from all the shortages blockages and disruptions that people are facing that's impacting their personal lives is depending on whose data you look at supply chains are responsible for upwards of 80 percent of an organization's carbon emissions and so um, if you think about how the greenhouse gas protocol corporate standard kind of divides up emissions into the, you know, those that come from your own activities or indirect. And scope three, which is where supply chain is, that's really the emissions that occur in the value chain, upstream and downstream. So now you're on the hook not just for emissions from what you're directly doing as a company, but also for your suppliers and your customers. So you're a huge target for sustainability because of that, I think. Um, And actually, craft foods reported that their value chain emissions were more than 90% of their total corporate emissions. Like that's that's insane when you think about how much focus there is on supply chains. And there's a lot of push to get things through in a supply chain, especially in light of all the shortages and you know these disruptions we've been facing as a result of the pandemic. And companies have to be very careful about the trade-offs they make um, because sustainability is so critically important. And as we already talked about, it is increasingly the law. And if we look at APQC's definition for sustainability, I was thinking about the fact that supply chains impact every single component of it. So obviously the environmental piece and the impact on natural resources that are needed for the future generation and how that extends to your suppliers and beyond, and the people practices. As Holly mentioned, the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and Research-wise, we have found that supply chain is actually a popular place. Millennials want to work there. People find value in the work there, but because you're actually in a spot where there's usually a lot of moving pieces and parts, like physically moving, there is risk and you do need all employees to be safe. And now we're seeing a push toward a lot more 24-7 operations either at our ports or other bottlenecks in the supply chain. It's important that as these Things come to the forefront that companies consider and continue to take into account their people practices. And then, if we shift to looking at social practices in terms of community development and human rights for people beyond the organization, again, supply chain is critically important and um, making sure that things aren't just greenwashing, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, we did it, but these promises get turned into real action and, and real process change takes place. And then the last piece is just that you talk about governance, management, and financial practices that can promote long term organizational health and ethical operations. And when we did some research on what skills are needed in the future in sourcing and procurement, kind of the front end of your supply chain, the number one skill was business ethics. And unfortunately, we're seeing a resurgence of some situations where people are making decisions based on questionable ethics because the focus can get caught up on that bottom line and the need to move things through um, in the supply chain, you can't take your eye off that, but um, it's an important piece of it. So so really that's why I would say that, you know, sustainability and supply chain go hand in hand.
0: Absolutely. So now let's bring the focus to customers. Um, Of course, some organizations have defined their brand and built their customer base around sustainability. Uh, you know, companies like Patagonia, for example. But it seems like now, um, you know, tree-hugging, outdoorsy types aren't the only ones who care about this stuff. So Holly, could you tell us a little bit about why sustainability matters for attracting and retaining
2: customers? I think there's probably two major reasons why uh, consumers in particular um, are are much more attracted to the understanding of sustainability in the brands. Um, Why it's important in the shortest term is that, for companies is because customers were going to put their money where their conscience are, um, which is has been growing steadily over the last couple of decades. Um, but also at the same time, at the last couple of decades, we've been told over and over and over again that individuals have just as much responsibility for the impact on the environment, um, impact on natural resources, diversity, all of those things have also been kind of show not just the company's responsibility, but the individual's responsibility as well. Um, And as that's happened, as we've shifted generations over the last couple of years, people have become a lot more conscious about this and taking that to heart. So you see a lot more people willing to put their money where their hearts are. Um, And that's also ties into the supply chain too, because they're not just curious and they're they're not just willing to do that from what the organization's doing but also what what are their suppliers doing? They're gonna follow it all the way down the the chain there, the value chain there, um, to make sure that they're doing this correctly. The other thing is the risks are becoming more and more real and we are no longer able to just say, this is a next generation problem. Um, If you look at everything that's happened um, in the last two years in particular, um, look at the impacts on weather. Um, I know I'm a big fan of um, the global risk outlook for the World Economic Forum. And you see all of these things that were much lower down um, are higher probability, things like the fact that we're having climate action failure and we're starting to suffer problems because of it. Weird weather patterns. I mean, we had the snow populous here in Texas in February, which was unusual. Um, and, And most of my family, because they're from here, had never seen that much kind of inclement weather before. And our infrastructure wasn't prepared for it because of that. Biodiversity loss is huge. We're losing our biodiversity rapidly. So all of these things are things that are are coming up as a higher risk and people are able to see it and see that it is actually not just something that's going to happen, but something that is happening. Um, So again, I think risk, the fact that we have kind of pushed this idea of personal responsibility for decades now, um, have made sustainability incredibly important to the consumer.
0: Absolutely, and I, I love, love that tie between the the customers and supply chains because I feel like that's such a huge part of of it right now. It's you know, folks aren't willing to just take what's on the box as you know as true. They like these stories are getting out. You know about. Um, all of the kind of uh, secret bad practices that companies were once able to hide behind a green label. So uh, let's close out with the big picture, Holly. Why does sustainability matter for profitability and performance?
2: There's a lot of ways that people can look at it. Again, that risk thing, I think, is a huge part of of it is a problem for organizations at this point in time. Um, One of the things, just as kind of like a, a random data point, is It's being touted as the next green swan, right? So why it's a green swan instead of the black swan that the pandemic was is because we know it's coming and we can do something about it. Um, And so businesses are a little gun shy at this point in time of having things that are going to extremely disrupt how they execute their work um, and, and wanting to have plans in place to be able to deal with these things. So they're taking a hard look at sustainability environment and all the rest of this so that they don't have the unexpected slam into them. Uh, that's where I think we, we did the survey at the beginning of the year 60% of our process performance management folks said that sustainability is on the top of their, their strategy for the organization and, and they're building in plan, plans for that. Um, and why it's so important to the business, so there's a lot of different reasons they kind of cite. Um, improved corporate reputation, um, being seen as green Uh, doing the right thing. And it's great social capital. It's also great with your your customers as well um, to be able to have that. New growth opportunities. Uh, We always have had people who have taken advantage of these kind of spaces um, to have green investment, create new products, um, find new ways to to take what they do well and do it in a sustainable mode. Um, There's a couple of other places as well, though. If you're looking at a lot of things around ESG, particularly in the environment part and things like that. You're also gonna look at cost reductions because you're minimalizing waste. You're reducing packaging. You're reducing a lot of things. You're reusing other resources like water um, through gray water recycling approaches. Um, and that also can help you improve your productivity because you're reducing cycle time on some things. You're finding smarter ways to execute things um, that are digital rather than manual or things that, that that affect kind of that approach as well. So um, that's just kind of like some of the big places we see of why it's so important for organizations. And there's a lot of reasons to pick from, right? Whichever one's going to fit best with your organization their ideas.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Holly. I agree with everything you're saying. And in fact, if I can add on one thing that kind of came out of the pandemic and the disruption that we saw, is that so many companies were facing situations where their survival was dependent on their supplier's survival. Mm -hmm. And a lot of larger organizations realized that this was the opportunity for them to step in and help some of their smaller struggling suppliers and develop them and give them some of these sustainability tools and techniques and approaches and things that the larger companies, the larger buyers had already figured out or have underway. And I think that's gonna help long-term with growth and survival as these organizations are all going to hopefully be able to avoid the fines and the bad publicity that comes from, from some of the negative consequences of this, so. Absolutely. Sneaky bonus question. Um,
0: so I know that you both have a lot of research planned for 2022 on sustainability um, in, a, in a sort of big and broad way. What are you hoping to learn? What are some of your unanswered questions about sustainability?
2: One of my biggest questions is historically there's always been a huge difference between like service organizations and manufacturing organizations and how they tackle and prioritize what's going to happen in their sustainability program. I'm curious to see if those differences, the gap in those differences has narrowed hmm. over, over the last, say, 10 years that I've been kind of working in this area on and off. Um, so that's one of the big questions I've got.
1: And I think for me, one of the big things, because in my 2021 priorities research on supply chain, sustainability was in the top three things companies were going to focus on. Of course, we were all kind of hoping that 2021 would not look much like 2020, and it didn't turn out that way. But I think that at the core of it, because within a company's supply chain is so many different functions that have to work together, and then you look at extending it to your suppliers on one side and your distributors and customers on the other side. I'm really interested in how organizations are going to collaborate and work together to achieve these sustainability goals because it's it really is a, a connected network here. And everything from how a, a company designs its supply chain network and their supplier diversity focuses and all the carbon emissions and routing and fuel and water and electricity, all that, really understanding how that's gonna all work together as a system and how companies are gonna improve that um, working in conjunction with all the other players, I think is something I really would love to see. Of course, motherhood and apple pie as well, but. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Two great questions.
0: And if folks have the answers, um, you know, definitely take that survey. So you're on our list of folks to reach out to. Um, Thank you guys both for coming on the pod. Thank you, Marcy. Thanks, Holly. So before we go, I wanted to remind our listeners to take the quick survey linked in the episode description. Whether you've got a top-notch sustainability program or you're just getting started, we'd really like to include your perspective in our research. And remember that you'll get a free copy of the report as a thank you for your participation. Once again, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for listening to this APQC podcast. To learn more about our research, please visit apqc.org. And we hope you'll have a great rest of your day.